people? Welcome to another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie U podcast, featuring the one and only Donnie U. Best of word of what he does. This week is going to be a truncated version of this weekly podcast of mine, which actually brings me to a new segment that I'm introducing this week. And that would be the word of the week. The word this week, I actually use it in the sentence, and the word is truncate. Let me use it in another sentence. <laughs> when me and my life partner of mine, or should I say when I'm in the mood for love, simply because she's near me, and she's not really in that mood, and I beg and beg and plead, and she finally obliges, then our session is truncated due to the fact of they're not really in the mood. Ha, said it, truncate, word of the week. Normally, I usually talk about my teams, you know, my Mets, my Knicks, my New York J-E-T-S Jets, 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 and uh, I guess coming this fall, beginning of NBA of the NBA season, I'm going to add another edition, and I guess I'll be officially a Golden State Warriors fan. So, expect to hear a lot of news about them in the upcoming weeks. But this week I chose to uh, go off the beaten path, so to say. This week I'm actually going to devote my weekly podcast to the New York Giants. Not only just the New York Giants, their newly christened starting quarterback, the rookie, Daniel Jones, or as he's being known by the media, Danny Dimes. This last week against Tampa Bay, he made his first he made his first start and uh to be truthful, I was amazed. I had no idea that he was going to perform the way he did. It seems like he uh actually gave a little spark to the team. More than a spark, he actually gave life to the team. The offense looked like a 2019 offense. Unfortunately, for all y'all New York football giant fans, y'all did lose Saquon Barkley this week to a high ankle sprain. He's due to be out four to eight weeks. Um, The reports that I've read over the last couple of days, um, if I was y'all, I would expect more like the eight-week timeline instead of the four-week, but... He's a mutant. You see those legs. You see those thighs. Wouldn't be surprised if he comes back and forth. But on the safe side, if I was the Giants and the Giants' brain brain trust, I would actually uh, choose to err on the side of caution and uh, just don't bring him back. Don't bring him back early. I mean, y'all won a game without him in reality. You know, I mean, as much as your defense tried to cough it up, Y'all won a game pretty much without Saquon Barkley. The time he was in there, he wasn't really effective because the Tampa Bay D was keying on him. And when he left, uh, being the fact that you actually had a mobile quarterback, he, Danny Dimes was responsible for all four touchdowns that the Giants had this past Sunday. Two throwing to running 
and that's including the game winning the game winning touchdown where he dashed i believe from eight yards in uh he went back to pass to open the middle just opened up like the red sea and he just said you know what fuck that i can make this and he ran his ass off into that touchdown and uh gave them the lead that like i said the defense tried to give up that brings me to the point that i'm eventually going to get to If anybody's being true to themselves as a New York Giants fan, then I would suspect that y'all do know that y'all not making the playoffs. This season, or should I say the rest of this season, should be dedicated to giving your rookie quarterback the utmost support, the utmost teaching, and really trying to make sure that he progresses so next year during the off season y'all can put the missing pieces together and start the next season off off and running your defense is horrible Janoris Jenkins Mr. Jackrabbit two three years ago when he first came to the New York Giants he was pretty much a shutdown corner he was the leader of that defense, um, him and Landon Collins. And I believe y'all was the top five defense when y'all made the playoffs in 2015, I believe. Or 2000, yeah, 2000, 2016, I, I, I'm mistaken. Since then, your defense has fell off a cliff. Uh, yeah, which you y'all changed coordinators. I believe y'all have, uh, what's his name, Belcher or Bleacher. Um, the dude, uh, before he came to y'all, he was D.C. of the Arizona Cardinals. And pretty much he was a, he was a decent coordinator. Um, last year didn't go the way it's planned. The defense was, actually, there wasn't that much focus on the defense being the fact that you still had the Eli problem. Now that you don't have the Eli problem, and you have a competent quarterback um, behind center, the focus, I believe, should go squarely on the defense. Y'all have corners who can't cover. Y'all have a defensive line that can't get any pressure. And you have linebackers who pretty much, I don't know what the fuck they do. They just stand there. I don't know if it's the scheme. I don't know if it's all on the players. More likely it's a combination of both. But this is why it was so important to make the move at quarterback. Yes, y'all do have other positions on the team that are very weak. And to say, say the least, not very good at all. But if you have your main player, the quarterback of the team, and he actually gives a semblance of hope to the team, and not only the team, the franchise as a whole, then that actually should bring up the play of the marginal players that you have on the roster. At least you would think so. I mean... This past Sunday was probably the first Giants game I really paid attention to. Well, at least for this season. 
and going back to the middle of last season because a lot of times I would turn the Giants game on, uh, especially if they were the only football or, should I say, the local team playing because the Jets were either finished playing or they were off that day. And I would watch it for maybe like 15, 20 minutes. And I would just eventually just turn it off because not so much that I didn't, I disliked the Giants, which I don't. It was the fact of the game was boring. I mean, you pretty much knew what you were going to get. Either I was going to maybe throw a touchdown. He was going to throw a couple bullshit interceptions. He's going to get sacked three or four times. You're going to get the shot of him standing on the sideline with his helmet off, with a dazed and confused um, deer in the headlights look that they'll turn into a meme. And pretty much that was the end game for all Giants games. Last, this past Sunday, I turned it on, I believe, the beginning of the second half. Because I was um, actually still licking my runes from a fantasy defeat. Or should I say an in-progress fantasy defeat. So I was actually able to uh, to focus in on the game. And I liked what I saw. I mean, you actually had wide receivers that caught the ball. Had some type of separation. And on a few occasions were wide open. You had Evan Ingram, who, of course, the week that I don't pick him, actually has a 79-yard touchdown to begin the first, second half. Like, where was that the week before that when I had him on my fucking team and all I, all I saw next to his name was a damn snowflake, i.e. DraftKings, but I digress. Um, your quarterback looked... Phenomenal. But I will caution y'all fans of this. All week, for the last couple of days since Sunday, everybody's pretty much proclaiming that he's a whole, it's like he's going straight to the Hall of Fame. You might as well get him sized for his yellow jacket now. I have a long memory, which is sometimes a gift and a curse. My long memory stretches back to last year, except the colors were different. Wasn't talking about Big Blue. I was thinking about Game Green. Sam Donald, on a Monday night, first game of his NFL career, I believe passed for two touchdowns and close to 300 yards. The next week, he passed for over 300 yards and a loss. And then, the weeks after that, until he got injured, he pretty much went down the slide to being mediocre to to that Miami game where the center couldn't actually uh, execute a, a, a hike in, the, in a shotgun formation. He was damn right terrible. But, um... I say all that to say, pump your brakes. Yes, y'all going against the Washington Redskins, who looked horrible this past Monday night. Yes, it is going to be his first home game. Yes, you did, which he has energized the fan base. But that doesn't mean he's going to be a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. He's going to be a decent quarterback. As long as the New York Giants 
surround him with talent and protect him. Make sure that he doesn't get beat up behind the offensive line that's hit and miss, to say the least. And uh, pretty much try to drill into his head that he needs to get rid of that ball quicker than he does or he's not going to last the full season. And then you're going to be stuck with Eli with his $23 million on the bench. Standing there looking like, yeah, I got to put on this smile, but I really hope this motherfucker get hurt so I can regain my throne. It's probably going to happen. Hope it doesn't, but it probably is. But then again, knowing my luck as a Jets fan, Daniel, Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes, will probably uh, be a 15-year All-Pro with uh, three Super Bowl wins, a couple of Super Bowl MVPs. Meanwhile, Sam Donald will probably never return from his case of mono, which he's tentatively uh, scheduled to return week five against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I had to I had to bring my game my game green in, you know, cuz that is my fucking team. You know, but um this past Sunday was promising and uh I believe y'all do actually have a season to look look forward to now instead of just going through the motions of uh my Giants are on. Let me see uh Saquon uh get the ball 25 million times and hopefully he doesn't get hurt, which he actually got hurt already. Yeah. So Salute to y'all, congratulations for y'all, and um, I hope this actually uh, turns your fortunes around. Not too much, but at least enough for y'all to actually enjoy this game that we all love, which is football. Now I'm going to talk about this fat POS by the name of Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan was the head coach of my beloved New York Jets for six seasons. The first two seasons was fucking Nirvana. He led us to two to two back-to-back AFC Championship games. He led us with his mouth, his bravado, and his ever-growing stomach. Then he decided to get the lap band surgery and in the following four years he combined for okay, he went eight and eight, six and ten, eight and eight, four and twelve. His defenses, which were always in the top ten at least, fell to the top fifteen, top twenty, top twenty-five. I say all that to say this: Rex Ryan, after he got fired. From the New York Jets. He could have chose to sit on the sidelines for a minute. You know, lick his wounds. uh, Regain his focus. No, no. What did did he do? He went to the in-division Buffalo Bills. And talked all that rah-rah up there. Which, look. that's 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 his stick. I get it. A lot of people don't realize, or a lot of people don't remember, Rex Ryan was one of the first people, the first sports people, sports people, 
to endorse Achito in office, y'all know who. A lot of people don't remember that. Then when he got called on the carpet for it last year, when he made his debut on ESPN, he backtracked. Said, well, you know, I, I didn't really know exactly everything that he was about. You know, so uh, that was a mistake on my part. Bullshit. Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm kind of familiar with the Buffalo area. My daughter currently goes to State University of New York, SUNY Fredonia, which is about 25 to 30 minutes away from Buffalo. And when I say it's Trump country up there, I ain't fucking lying. Every time I go into the hotel, when I go up there to either drop her off or pick her up from campus, and I go to the hotel, guess what the parking lot is full of? Pickup trucks. A.K.A. Rednecks. A.K.A. Make America Great Again, motherfuckers. Yeah. So, me personally, once I saw that, that gets connected to his resume, and Rex Ryan is X'd out for me. But that's not even a that's not even the basis of my rant this week about Mr. Fucking Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan signed a two-year contract with ESPN. The reason why he got the ESPN job was primarily based on his bombastic personality when he was the new the, the head coach of the New York Jets. A lot of times when he was the head coach of the New York Jets. He would say a lot of preposterous things that put the target squarely, not on his back, but on his player's back. So I, I believe ESPN thought that uh, that's who they were going to get when they decided to hire him for the Sunday night uh, for the for the Sunday for the for the Sunday morning countdown crew. Last year he really didn't give us much of nothing. A lot of times it seemed like he was kind of angling for a potential opening to get back into the NFL coaching fraternity. Now this year, I guess either A, somebody gave him the heads up of, dude, it's not what we hired you for. We hired you for those uh, outrageous takes of yours. Or B, which is more likely, he's in a walk year of his contract. I believe he feels that... uh. Ain't no openings coming in the NFL for him for, for a head coaching job because I feel like he believes that he's too good to go back to a coordinated, coordinated position, which I believe is his perfect position. But his personality kind of over, you know, overshadows the, the head coach. So a lot of head coaches aren't, 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 which aren't really that, that keen on bringing them in. So his other alternative is, you know what? I need to start talking some shit. When the camera's on my face, because uh, if not, I'm going to be home on my couch eating Cheetos with the uh, Commander-in-Chief. So, leading up to this season, especially after the draft, he had the amazing take of, you know, he thought that Daniel Jones was a great quarterback. And I guess, to a certain degree, we had to give him a grain of salt because he is very, very invested in... In the Clemson, uh, in the Clemson football program, and uh, being the fact, I believe his son was on the Clemson, um, on the Clemson football team. Clemson does play in the AS- ACC. Daniel Jones 
was the quarterback for Duke, who also plays in the ACC, so he would have some intel that a lot of the media wouldn't. So I'll give him that. So after Sunday, of course, you know, on Monday morning, he's on Get Up with Greeny and Ryan Clark and the rest of the people. And, uh, you know, he puffs out his chest like, yeah, I told you so. Okay, great. That wasn't that wasn't the preposterous part. Then he says that uh, Baker Mayfield is severely overrated. And being the fact that in the last 19 games, no matter of fact, 16 games that Baker Mayfield has played, he has thrown a total of 19 interceptions. Yeah, I said it. 19 interceptions. That's more than one per game. So, yeah, I'll even give him the benefit of the doubt of that. Here's where I had to call this mother effer out. He said that Daniel Jones's debut was the best in NFL history. Not only that, that if you compare Daniel Jones to Sam Donald, my quarterback of my beloved New York Jets, they don't compare. Because Sam Donald, in his first year, never did anything approaching what Danny Dimes did this past Sunday. Early in this podcast, I compared the two. Sam Donald, in his first game of his career last year, on Monday night, passed for close to 300 yards. Three touchdowns, zero, one interception. His second game, he passed for over 350 yards. Albeit in the loss, but, yeah, he did that. Then the last four games of the season, he had the highest QBR of any quarterback in the league. But, yeah, Danny Jones and Sam Donald don't compare. The reason I have a problem with this is the fact of what pisses me off with is the fact of he's, he, 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 you can see, you can clearly see the bias that he has. He's still bitter over the fact that the Jets let his ass go. And I was one of the people that was riding with him the first couple of years, but when it was time for him to go, it was time for him to go. The act was tired. The defense was, was, was what's called, um, wasn't progressing. It was actually declining. And pretty much, he turned out to be a fraud because when once he had a problem with the GM, Idzik, all the times that um, he had a microphone in his face, all of a sudden he had nothing to say. He was very, very, very plain, like, 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 like fucking white toast with no butter. Bland. So now, because the Jets, I guess, uh, he... I guess behind the scenes he must have been angling for a potential uh, a potential return to Gang Green, and they evidently turned his ass down. It seems like every time something's going on with the Jets, and they ask him for his opinion, not only if it's ne- if that is negative, which I have no problem with, because if the, if the Jets think, the Jets think. But it seems like he takes extra. Extra, uh, extra glee, and stick a knife in slow, and turn it down, 
and turn it, turn it around and around and around and make that wound open and make that wound nice and nice and nice and uh, bloody. And then he takes out his big old container of Morton salt and he pours it all in the wound. Nobody, you are nobody to blame but yourself. And I really believe a lot of these takes are very fraudulent because a lot of times he don't even believe what the fuck he says. Now this comes from, this comes from the dude that actually had Mark Sanchez, the Sanchez, aka Butt Fumble. He had Mark Sanchez tattooed to his arm. He had his matter of fact, I'm mistaken. He had his wife tattooed to his arm in a Mark Sanchez quarterback actually doing the Tim Tebow pose. And this is the man that we're supposed to believe any of his takes when it comes to a quarterback, whether it's the Jets, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the fucking Cleveland Browns. This is the person we're supposed to believe? I think not. It's a fucking fraud. He's been a fraud. And I'll say it to my last day. The next team that hires him in a head coach, you might as well just say you might as well just give me the money and let me blow it. Let me burn it. Matter of fact, just give me the money so I can get the fuck out of debt. How about that? Cause I could give you the same shit Rex Ryan Ryan will give you. A lot of hot air. And a lot of broken promises. Rex Ryan, this is coming from me. Donnie Ooh. Best in the world of what he does. Open your mouth again about my jets. And I'll come to the seaport. And see you face to face. Not on no violent shit. Not at all. I'm a very non-violent person. I don't condone violence of any sort. So we can have a nice discussion. Off the record. About what really, really happened. In the years that's passed since you've been the quarterback of my beloved New York J.E.T.S. Jets, Jets, Jets. What was going through your mind? When you was on that podium. Standing next to the Cheeto in Chief. Mr. I didn't know what was going on. We could keep it between us two. Or, you know, I'll give you an open invitation to come on the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh podcast and explain yourself. I'm all the way 100% independent. I have no strings on my back. I ain't a puppet. I don't even do advertisements because I want to stay... 100% independent. Now, if somebody throw me some, some meaning from bread, I'll advertise whatever. But until that happens, I'll happily remain independent. So the challenge is out to you, Rex Ryan. Let's see if you're man enough to accept it. Well, people... That brings us to the end of another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh Podcast. As always, I appreciate everyone who chose me to be the podcast that they listen to.
no matter what platform you choose to listen to me on, I'm truly, truly, truly appreciative of every every time that you decide to press that button and when you see my name. Next week, I'll probably be back to normal. Um, the Mets season will be officially over by then. We will have the debut of AEW Wrestling on TNT this coming, or should I say next Wednesday night, October 2nd, 8 to 10 p.m. And we will have the first edition of NXT on Wednesday nights for the full two hours on the USA Network, also starting from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. I'll probably give a little feedback from that. Even though I do drop these on Wednesdays, but I also told y'all it could be Wednesday morning, it could be Wednesday afternoon, it could be Wednesday night. So, uh, if they go off at 10, then I could put this podcast up by midnight and it technically still be Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, so, like I said, next week it'll probably be a potpourri of topics that I'll get into. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do another potpourri of bullshit. You know, maybe I'll have another edition of Swipe or Nah. Who knows? The only way you'll know is if you tune in. So, as usual, good night, and goodbye. Bang!